Okay, people, it is that time again for a brand new episode of Echo Chamber. And as we do, we're going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 3rd to the 5th of June. Okay, so at number 10, it's the Lost City. This is the new film from the Knee Brothers, Aaron and Adam. Adam co-writes with Dana Fox and Orin Uzil, starring Sandra Bullock and Channon Tatum, along with Daniel Radcliffe, Divine Joy Randolph, Brad Pitt, Oscar Nunez, and a lot more. At number nine, people, it is the movie of Bob's Burger, right from Lauren Bouchard and Bernard Demanian, right? Uh, it's co-written by Nora Smith, Jim Dutivive, and um, Bouchard. It's got a voice cast of H. John Benjamin, Kirsten Shaw, Dan Mintz, Stephanie Beatriz, Gary Cole, Kevin Klein, Zach Galifianakis, Aziz Ansari. Yeah, it's, it's a fat one. If you like Bob's Burger, then this will be your champ, right? At number seven, it is Downton Abbey, the Golden Fogies, right? <laughs> it's directed by Michael Engler, uh, written by Julian Fellows, and you've got Matthew Goad, uh, Tuppence Middleton, um, Maggie Smith, you know what I mean? Your, your usual uh, people from the Downton universe, all right? So, people, at Number seven, it is everything, everywhere, all at once. The uh, the hit sci-fi joint from Dan Kwan and Daniel Shinnick. They co-wrote and uh, co-directed, starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hizu. Ki Hoi Kwan, James Hong, uh, Riff Raff, Harry Shum Jr., Jenny Slate, Tally Medell. Yeah. So at number six is Vikram. Yeah, that's all I know. I, I have no clue. I'm assuming it's Bollywood. That's what usually is when you just get a name and nothing else. All right, so we're in our top five right now, and the fifth joint this week is the bad guys from Pierre Pithier. Right, it is an a book adaptation, and it's written by Ethan Cohen and Yoni Brenner. We got a voice cast of Sam Rockwell, Mark Maron, Aquafina, Craig Robinson, Anthony Ramos, Richard Akiedu, Zazie Beats, Lily Singh. You know, 
at number four, it is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, man, my allergies are killing me, people. Oh, jeez. So, Jeff Fowler is back. We got John Whittington, Josh Miller, Pat Cassie uh, on the script. Ben Shorts, Idris Elba, Colin O'Shunzi, Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Tiki Sumter. Yeah, they're all in it, people. They are all in it. Uh, there is the top three. So at number three is the new Alex Garland joint. He wrote and directed. It's called Men. Starring Jesse Buckley, Rory Kidder, um, Paper Asudu, Gail Rankin, Sarah Tooney, Zach Ruffera Oxley, and Sonia Mizuno. So, our number two film this week, we um, looked at it last week. It is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I enjoyed the buck out of it, people. Uh, so this is from Sam Ramy. Um, it is written by Michael Waldron. I'm, you're going to have to excuse me, people. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> Um, so we got Ben Benedict Cumberbunch, he's back along with Elizabeth Olsen, Etch Etuul Egifor, Benedict Wan. Um, we got Rachel McAdams, we got Gilito Gomez, uh, Michael Schulberg, uh, Bruce Campbell, Julian Hillard, Jeet Klein. Keenan Moore, Soy Cole, Patrick Stewart. So, obvious people, the number one film of the week. Again, it is Top Gun Maverick. 36 years in the making. Woo! So, Joseph Kozinski kills it with the direction. It is written by Aaron Kruger and Eric Warren Singer, and we have Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connolly, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Miles Teller, Ed Harris, John Louisa Kelly, Jean Louisa Kelly, Manny Jacinto, Glenn Powell, Raymond Lee, Monica Barabaro, Lewis Pullman, Danny Ramirez. Jake Picking and Jay Ellis. Woo! And it was great. We covered it the week before last, or it might have been last week. I'm losing track, people. Anyway, this week we got three films. So if you're ready, sit back and let's get it popping. Okay, people, so first to the docket this week is a new Netflix film. It is a perfect pair. Okay, so, I, you know, I, I, this film wasn't for me, right? 
And I I knew it probably wasn't going to be, but I figured I would give it, I'd give it a look, right? Because I'd been surprised before. So you always go into these things with an open mind. Just sometimes it doesn't pay off, you know what I mean? So I checked out a perfect pairing, the new Netflix joint uh, from... Uh, Director Stuart McDonald. It is written by Elizabeth Hackett and Hilary Gallanoy. I feel that's how you say it, you know. Uh, it is produced by Deborah Evans, Deborah Glover, and Robin Snyder, along with Tracy Vieira. It's executive produced by Fernando Sizwu, Tracy Robertson, Nathan Mayfield, um, along with Hackett and Galanoy. The music is from Narida Tyson Chow. Uh, casting was Nathan Lloyd. Production design, Helen O'Lone. Art direction is Camelia Rook. And our cast. Well, people. We have Lola Alvarez, who is played by Victoria Justice. Um, there is also... Um, who plays her dad? Oh, yes. Antonio Alvarez plays her dad, Carlos Alvarez. Um, her best friend is Audra, Audra. Audra, I feel that's how you say it. Played by Lucy Durack. Um, then there's Max Vaughn. Played by Adam DeMoss. He's um, got a sister, Hazel Vaughan, played by Samantha Tolji or Samantha Kane, where it depends where you're looking. Um, then you've got um, her boss, right, who is just referred to as Calder. Um, he's played by Craig Horner. Um, there's Breeze, played by Luca Astra Sadelis. Um, Hayes, I'm sorry. Mm. Um, Sam, played by Emily Haviva. Kylie, played by Natalie Abbott. Um, ooh, who else is there? Diana, played by Veronica Neve. Peter, played by Liam Olsen. J John, played by Charles Allen. Um, Hamish, played by Nicholas Brown. Uh, Dano, played by Callan McKnight. Henry, played by Jaden Popick. Tim, Alex Neal. Yeah. I feel, I feel that's the, the main uh, lot of people, right? And the gist of the piece is this. LA-based wine executive Lola starts up her own company 
after quitting her job and flies to Australia to secure a potential client. Lola finds herself working on a client's sheep farm under Max in order to prove her proficiencies. So, uh, yeah, there you go, right? That's the gist. And as you see, you know what I mean? It's pretty much along those standard lines of, you know, this type of film, which, you know, I guess you would class as a rom-com, right? Um, whew. The, the thing that I find odd about these films, right, is that it, it's written, right? It, it's written by two women. It's executive and produced by a whole gang of women, you know? But the story, it's not, it's not very productive for women. Right? That's the thing that baffles me, right? Because you go to the, the you know film panels and talks and just all of this, and they're talking about proper representation and characters that actually play out like you know real women, and you know addressed the problems and issues that they face. But then you get these films, which play out completely opposite to all of that right now we um you know we're, we're sold that she's this you know really great wine executive really good at a job very successful you know but her boss is a bit of a dick and the way they show the boss being a dick is right um there's a lady you're assuming it's maybe secretary, right? She's sitting at a desk surrounded by balloons. There's basically balloons in front of her, her, her monitor, right? And he's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Why are there fucking balloons everywhere? This is not how we work. And you have to admit, that is a fair thing to say. Now, obviously, right, there's... But he could be nicer about it. Hey, kid, can you remove the balloons? You know what I mean? I, it's like, happy birthday. Appreciate you. Move the balloons. But it's a workplace, right? You, We know how we're meant to act in a workplace. So having, lo like, come on now, right? But that's meant to show us, oh, he's a bad man. He's not nice. And you're like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, listen, if you really want to show, look, there's so many things. There's so many ways you can show someone being a shit. But that's the big thing, right? And we have this situation where she's found this new client, right? But because someone else told, it's not like she found this person, but she rolled her eyes at it at first, you know, because it was a celebrity wine label. We don't really know why Hazel Vaughan is a celebrity, but so that's what we're told. This is a celebrity wine label. Um, but yeah, she's told about it. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, she tries, I think, one bit of wine and it's like, oh, 
yeah, no. And you kind of feel, right, if you're making this choice on a major, you know, trying to distribute this, you know, label, <laughs> label, uh, winehouse, I don't know what the fuck you call it, winery, vineyardery, you get the gist. Anyway, if you're looking to do that, you want to sample, you know, their whites, their reds, their champagnes, their, you know, rosés, they're just their different types of white, right? That's what you'd think. But she has one little sip and be like, oh, got to side these. So straight away, it, it, I mean, they're not showing real business, but it's a film, so it's fine, right? Listen, I don't need every little bit of detail to be precise. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, people. You know what I mean? But... Right, so she's going off this. Now, she tells supposedly her best friend. But straight out the gate, you know what's happening with that situation. Right? And it's like, if you know, you know how someone's going to act, right? And if they've never done this thing, then there was no way they would do this, you know what I mean, it's just like, wait, what are we doing with this situation, but that is the reason she quits her job, so it's weird, because all she, like, she's like, oh, that was my pitch, and the boss is like, I mean, she told it to me first, right, and if someone just says to you, that was my, how, where's the proof, Right? So he doesn't do anything and she quits off that. Quits off that. Which is, you know, again, kind of irrational. Right? But we're meant to be, like, we're meant to be all up on her. Right? All up on Lola. Be like, oh, poor Lola. But we don't know her. Right? But straight like the next day she's like oh i'm i'm starting my own business i've got a logo look at my logo <laughs> you know which is just like the first logo is just like oh that's the one come on man look i feel if you've worked on logos you're going through a few iterations before you stumble on the first one even if the first sketch is like, that is the, the foundation of what will be the logo, right? It, there's still refinements and working out the right colours and just all of that jazz. But, you know, it, again, it's a film. Fine. But it's like, I'm setting up my own company, but with nothing else in place yet. Nothing else in place. You know what I mean? Like, if this, even if this was, like, always in the back of your mind, You'd have been like, okay, let me look into this, this, and this. You like, you'd have that framework done. But she's going after this client, right? Because she couldn't get a meeting, couldn't get a meeting, and she knows that she'd already arranged a meeting for her old company for a certain date. So she's like, I need to meet them before that date. So obviously, right? There's an Airbnb on the vineyard. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So she goes and just some of the goofiness that we see. Firstly, she, she says she's only meant to be staying for a few days. Only meant to be staying for a few days, but has 
plenty of clothes. She gets loan clothes after the first week, but you're like, you shouldn't even have had cl enough clothes for the full week, right? You you have that weird setup, which never happens of, no, I'm not going to take you as a, you know, I, I can't do business with you. Oh, but if you help out on my farm, then I'll take a look at, like, no. <laughs> what, when has that ever happened? Like, you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, I want to I wanna work for you, Tim Cook. Um, do you have any experience? Like, what's the deal? Uh, no. Wait, can someone grab me a coffee? I'll do it, Tim. Okay, you bring me a coffee and I'll employ you. Like, doesn't work like that. But these films want to set up this weird narrative that, they, oh, if you do this, this will happen right? You have this weird situation between the girls that were, you know, are working on the, in the place where it's mostly girls, which is an interesting one, because I'm just like, with this kind of gig economy, this kind of thing, it's usually, you know, you get a mix of backpackers and all of this, which is a mix, Right? And to be honest, you probably have more male solo travelers than female just because of safety and shit. You know what I mean? But mainly females. And they're working on a sheep farm, right? Working on a sheep farm in the vineyardy place. They're always wearing makeup. You're like, you're you're slopping out sheep. <laughs> you're not going to work with fucking makeup on, it's stupid, like, no one sweats, right, it's, uh, no one's ever dirty, it, it, if you're, you know, doing this all, you're gonna get dirty, but no one gets dirty, it's mind-blowing, mind-blowing, obviously, right, you know that her and Max are gonna form a thing, but there's gonna be a deep secret, which you know what the fucking secret is from jump. It's pretty fucking obvious, right? It's pretty obvious. Now, what is totally like it's you know, we always have that situation where the person's like, I need to tell you my sit, and then they kiss, or like something comes up and they can't get the words out, and you're like, What? If you really want to tell so you'd be like, hey, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? You, you <laughs> I don't know why they do this. It's so lazy. It is so lazy with story writing. And it's not just this film. Let me just add, this is just the norm. This is, I'm just venting right now. But this is the norm that is just frustrating. Frustrating. And then you get that situation of where you could have told me. I don't. Be, I don't believe you're the person that I thought you were. And you're just like, okay, <laughs> okay. Firstly, just because you didn't know someone's surname, that means that everything. Like, shut the fuck up. Secondly, when it's just like, I never even asked for your surname, and you're like, no. But you badgered him throughout. Like, tell me more about yourself. Tell me. what. How do you know Hazel? How do you do this? Why are you working here? She asked all those questions, which is basically what he was trying to avoid. 
You know what I mean? So it's just like every when they you play that situation of like, oh, now we're gonna have this friction between these two people, it doesn't make any sense. And then when they obviously because people you know how these films work, they make up at the end. But it's just like the the, the way they make up, it's just like, wait, that's so you're gonna completely now change your mind on that just that it, it kind of made you go why even argue in the first place because that was nothing the argument was nothing this is ridiculous you know what i mean because it's like instead of just okay we could try again let's let's re let's recalibrate let's go on the first date and we could blah, blah, blah. it's just like oh now we're gonna get married you know what I mean? that's how they make these weird jumps weird jumps you know one scene that was really funny in this film, oh my gosh, like hay fever right now is a killer, man. My eyes are just like, eesh. but um, yeah, they're sitting around a campfire, and old Max is playing the guitar, and Lola starts to sing, right? But the way everyone acts is if no one has ever sung around that campfire before, and you're like, listen. You got a load of drunk people and you got people playing music. They would always be singing. They would always they would always be singing. But yeah, they're acting like, oh, like she's she's singing. Oh my god. And then everyone waits for her to go, hey, join in, guys. And you're just like, no, they're a bunch of drunks. People would have joined in so long before that shit, right? So long. It's so crazy it was like there's a bar fight which again you're like what what is going on right i think i always feel drunk and stoned right that is always there's hardly any films where it's portrayed well like drunk people it's so you're just like no, people don't do that when they're drunk. Or it's suddenly they're, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm drunk. I'm going to ask these questions. I'm going to, oh, look at me. I'm rambling. And you're just like, yo, what? Like a drunk person, you know I mean, it's like they're either talking and it's non sequential. Oh, I'm not drunk, but I'm not making sense. But yeah, they're not making any sense. Right, their, their sentence patterns are off. You know, what I mean? you might leave words out, but it's just the way they want to portray it. It's you're just like, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Ah, oh, listen, a perfect pairing, as you might feel. It's, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I didn't like it, but here's the thing if you are a fan of. You know, like stuff like I always say it, but it, it always fits, right? Chalet girl, right? Bridget Jones's baby, or even the edge of reason, because those two, meh. The first one I liked, the next two, not so much, right? But I kind of feel it speaks to this, you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days or 40 days, whichever that film with Goldie Horn's daughter, you know what I mean? Goofy as fuck. If you like those films, right, if you like 
the TV shows that Victoria Justice is in with the canned laughter and all of that. That's what a perfect pairing, right? It's made for that audience. So it's fine. It's got its audience. It will be popular, I imagine. You know what I mean? But I'll, I like a different type of, you know, romantic film. Right? Eternal sunshine for the spotless mind. You know what I mean? That's my jam. In Search of a Midnight Kiss, the before trilogy. So, yeah, this didn't work for me. But I imagine, people, it will work for plenty. Right? So, if you like those typical kind of rom-coms, then this is your jam. This is your jam. Right? It's on Netflix now. So, people... Go do your thing. Next up, people, is a new indie. Yeah, it's a British joint, right? Looking at the streets, drugs, all that jam. If you like Top Boy, this could be your thing. People, get ready for Yes Man. Okay, so we have a new indie. Oh, what would you call this? It's like a, uh, I don't know, man. Hmm. Like a, a look at life type of film. You feel me? Right? It's a drama, but it's dealing with that street level shit. Right? It's trying to take a look at stuff. And the influences and things that kind of impact people's lives, which could determine the path we take, right? That is what this new film, Yes Man, is uh, kind of about, right? It's a feature debut from Daniel Glenn Barber. He wrote and directed the film. Um, he produced juices along with Enrico Tessarian and Marcus Sebastian Palmvig McNear. Actually, I think they're two different people. No, that's the same person. Yeah, it's a long ass name. Okay. Music is from Jonathan Clark. Um it also get some help on the piece from Andre Farakusarian and Adrian Gatta Grant. Okay, so um, our cast we have a Daryl who is played by Keaton Saunders Browning. Uh, we got Ryan played by Keon Marshall Phillips. And Ben, played by Kirk Smith. Daryl's parents, we've got Amy, played by Emma Elizabeth Wright. His dad, Greg, played by Adrian Gatergant. Um, and his brother, Tommy, played by Rufus Shalajean. Now, there's Julie. Right, played by Nash. Uh, actually, actually, let's go with some of the peoples at Daryl's 
runs with, along with Ryan and Ben. We got Tomboy, played by Gareth Mort. Big Barry, played by Oliver Kitteridge. Troy, played by Daniel um, Glenbarba. There's Two Max, played by Victor Ekinga. Um, got Mikey, played by Al Latif Akanabi. Um, then we've got, yeah, Julie, right, who is played by Nash Hernandez. Um, there is uh, Natasha, played by Zara Hunter. Lizzie, played by Chloe Sandington. And Tina, played by Hannah Judith Wilcock. It's also Anita, played by Elizabeth Christie, Christio, and Isabella, played by Ida Di Terralizzi. And um, yeah, we see them. They're from the corporate side of things. Okay. So. The gist of this film is this, right? It follows Daryl, an intern at a corporate company who does not buy into the white-collar culture of going along to get along. He chooses to surround himself amongst a few bad apples. In many ways, it mirrors the task set for him within the corporate world, but with more brotherhood and extreme punishments for defying instructions. Daryl finds himself stuck between a rock and a hard place. The advice given to him by Ben, a violent group leader, keeps him narrow-minded about his environment until his friend Ryan, an intelligent hustler with dreams of opening a restaurant, shows Daryl to think about what he wants for his future. Surrounded by people like Julie and his parents, Amy and Greg, Daryl is constantly reminded of a possibility of a legit and honest way of living. However, their message falls on deaf ears because the image of being accepted by your peers and making quick and loads of money is more appealing to a young teen. Mm-hmm. And it says, Yes Man provides context for those who fear where their child, little brother, cousins or any loved ones may be exposed to influences outside their watch. So... Yeah, that's the film, right? And I, I look for a first feature. This is good. This is really good. You know, there, there, there's stuff in it which I liked. Stuff in it I wasn't quite sure if it worked. Right now, I I liked the way it was, you know, put together. You know what I mean? Like the use of close up and some of the angles and everything like that, it, it, you know what I mean? I thought it helped tell that story and bring you into the, you know, the orbital influence of Daryl and those around him. So I thought that was solid, you know what I mean? And there were things that were said that were poignant, that did work, right? Because essentially, as, it, as it's saying, right, it's got this guy Daryl who who doesn't want to conform the you know corporate world 
which a little OTT, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, listen, some, definitely bullshit happens in the office, right? And people do get used, manipulated, all of those things. <sighs> like, the, I don't know if it's always as blatant as what we see here. Now, it's not to say that has never happened. Right, but a lot of times it, it's a little bit more so, right? But even then, you know, we look at what happens to him there compared to what is you know happening to him on a daily, right, with his peoples supposedly, and you go and you'd be like, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, might have been better to be the intern, right? Who like we don't know if he's getting paid for that, you know? But it is essentially something for the CV, you know, and especially when we learn about his background. Yeah, if you want to make that better life, there's some things that you might have to do. You know, but you kind of have to weigh up the things, right? Like how how much will this impact my life, right? What are the risks? What are the rewards? All of that. You have to do that SWOT analysis. You feel me? And it is very evident that Daryl does not do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's there is definitely you know going for that easy option, right? going for the bright lights, but yeah, I don't know, at the, at the start, it's hard to tell, you know, what Daryl is actually getting out of being around these peoples, you know, like, on that money front, because, yeah, he's just like, has he got money? Like, what, what, you know what I mean? We don't really know, so, when you're looking at it, it, you do kind of, you can wonder, be like, yo, what's he? Because people don't treat Daryl very well. You know what I mean? It's not treated very well at all. Which then, you know, you, you kind of feel with, with Ryan's help, things may change, right? Things may change. And, it, and it's a funny one because there is this talk of loyalty, which, I man, you kind of feel like we don't really see it, right? We don't really see it. We also, I don't know if the whole Julie situation, if... Um, we don't necessarily kind of see this thing that Julie might see, right? Now, Darrow at the start is this kind of hangdog kind of demeanor, right? Now, you could, you, you, you can understand that Julie might go, oh, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, he seems nice, right? Seems nice, but he's, he's just, you know, doesn't believe in himself, which she says. But we don't see anything more than that, 
because the things that Daryl says aren't necessarily blacked up by his actions, you know? And then he's in a, a good situation. He still makes horrible choices, horrible choices that you're just like, okay, what's the, because it's like, what's the consequences of not doing this thing, right? And doing the other, we have no clue. We, we don't really see it. Now you can assume, but, you know, seeing what these peoples do, I don't know if there's really going to be follow through, right? It's this hard thing to determine because we don't know. And you have to go by certain actions that we see, you know? So that that's that makes it a little bit tricky in some of the instances, right? I kind of feel some of the dialogue it, it feel, feels a little forced, right? They, you know, we get the COVID stuff thrown in there. Kind of felt it didn't need to be there, right? Uh, other than a guy at the start with a mask on. We're seeing a lot of other things, which kind of be like, okay, well, if you if you trying to say this is around COVID, then all of these scenes, right, either shouldn't be going down, or you have the people going, you know what, fuck it, I ain't going by these guidelines. This irritate me. I need to get out. I need to do this, but we don't get that either. So then it just feels like just no need to reference, right? Is this essentially it could be set whenever, right? You wouldn't have to say it's set between 2020 and 2022. Like it, it could have been 2018. Like, you know what I mean? There's nothing that would kind of like make the film have to happen in this time frame. So it, it, there's some of things like that. And, you know, we get certain things getting said, like when the girls are talking about feminism and you know rights and wokeism and just all of this the conversation felt a little bit forced right to, to put in certain terms and stuff like that you know which was yeah one of them one of them things which they kind of like it doesn't ruin the film Right, but you just be like, ah, I wish they didn't. Wish they did. Right. But as I said, look, there's other parts of the film that work very well. You know? Like we get these interactions, we get these nice moments between people, right? Some of the stuff that Ryan's trying to impart with Daryl. You know? Some of the stuff Julie is talking to him about. Like that works. That's good. You know. You wonder because we we get a like a three month jump, right? And things seem to be changing for Daryl in some aspects, but it's we we see him start doing these other things, right? And you and you you kind of wonder, okay, so why, right? Why would you do that? Why, when someone told you a thing, you know, don't bring these people, then you do that thing, right? It's like, why? Why do, why would he 
do these things because there's not actually a need to do those things you know but we don't we don't know why right there's this assumption now that he's making more money so you kind of think to yourself why is he still in this situation right if money is coming then surely he could move to his own spot right so there's a certain things which yeah we don't really get any context around, which I feel, you know, sometimes you don't need to know certain things. It's fine. Story flows regardless. Sometimes that little extra context adds to your connection to that character. To be able to, you know, see why someone's making these decisions, why they're traveling down this path and not that path, you know? So I think it does get a little jumbled in places, you know, like all of these justifications and why he would carry these things now, right? That's, yeah, you're a little bit baffled around those things. But as I said, as a, you know I mean, a first-time feature, it's definitely got promise, right? You can look at it and go, okay, well, yeah, you know, the director, he, he knows shots, right? He can work with that flow. You know, we do get some very good performances from the actors involved, right? The acting is solid. Acting is solid. It's just some of the dialogue that is, you know, not the best, Right, but yeah, there there are definitely a lot of promising elements in this thing, you know. So I, I would definitely say it is, you know, it's worth it's worth the watch, right? If you enjoyed Bluff, you know, which we covered a few weeks back, I think you would enjoy this. You know, it's out on the thirteenth, people. You know, so Monday, be able to pick it up from. You know, I mean, just. All your uh, typical, um, all your typical spots, right? All the places you go for your film enjoyment. So, people, there you go. Yes, man. And not the Jim Carrey one, right? This is the new shit, okay? So, 13th, go check it. Okay, so let's bring it home with a new Happy Madison Adam Sandler joint. Hey, it's a it's a basketball one, people. It is hustle. Okay, people. So hustle. Yeah, I'm not talking about the shit you should be doing to fulfill your dreams. No. I'm talking about the new Happy Madison Netflix joint, right? An Adam Sandler film. Now, I feel, you know what I mean? Sandler has been doing some, uh, yeah, I feel he's been doing some good stuff recently. You know what I mean? It is like, uh, there's those things that come from Saturday. Some of them are goofy as fuck. But he, when you look at that slate of films, right? There's more hits than anything, you know? But this one, 
I remember when I read about it, it seemed like it was going to be a uh, a straighter film, right? Not so um, jokey-jokey. So I thought it could be interesting, you know? I love basketball, so it was just like, all right, let's give it a cheeky check. So it is directed by Jeremiah Zaga. And it is written by Taylor Make Me and Will Fetters. Okay, so on the producing side of things, we have got Zach and Joe Roof, uh, Jeff Kirkensh, Jeff Kirschenbaum, right? LeBron James. And Maverick Carter. It is executive produced by John Silk, Adam Sandler, Jamal Henderson, Barry Bernardi, Spencer Bagley, um, with Jay Ashenfelter Creative um, Production. Um, Rob Stoll, associate producer, and Jeremy Yaksh, co-producer. Music is from Dan Deacon. Cinematography is Zach Mulligan. It is edited by Tom Costain and Brian M. Robinson. Uh, casting was handled by Kim Coleman. Uh, production design is Perry Andaline Blake. Okay, okay. Now our cast is there's a lot of people up in this man. There's a lot of people, especially when you get the sports motherfuckers, right? So we have got Adam Sandler as Stanley Sugarman. Queen Latifah is his wife, Teresa Sugarman. Um, and Jordan Hole plays their daughter. Alex Sugarman. We then have got um, Rex Merrick, the owner of the 76ers, played by Robert Duval. His son, Vince, played by Ben Foster. Um, we have got his daughter, Kat, played by Heidi Gardner. Right then, we have got Bo Cruz. Bo Cruz, played by Jean-Co Hernan Gomez. Ooh, I didn't pronounce that very well, did I? But yeah, you know, you know who I mean, right? We've got um Leon, right? Sugarman scouting buddy, played by Kenny Smith. Uh, we have got, oh, Bo's mum, Paula, played by Maria Botto, and his daughter, Lucia, played by Anna Hoyer Pilet. We've got um, Oscar Morales, played by Raul Castillo. Um, there is Blake. Um, played by Jael White, 
Mr. Everything, played by Elvin Rodriguez. Haas, played by Mo Wagner. Um, we have got Zeke Washington, played by Michael Foster Jr. Julius Irvin, a.k.a. Dr. Motherfucking J. Obviously, played by Dr. Motherfucking J, son. We've got uh, Matthias Tybal, played by himself. Tobias Harris. Kyle Lowry. Tyrese Maxey. Um, Seth Curry. Doc Rivers. Jay Wright. Jordan Clarkson. Trey Young. Aaron Gordon. Mark Jackson. Alan Iverson. Luka Dorkovic, Tim Young, um, yeah, there's, man, it's st -st stacked, Aaron Owens, Larry Williams, you know, Grayson Butcher, Titana, you know, it's, uh, yeah, people, it, Man, like, all, all your, your favourite people up in basketball are probably going to be in it. You know what I mean? It's one of them ones, right? It's one of them. We've got Shaquille O'Neal's up in there. You know what I mean? We've got um, Charles Barkley. They make a little appearance, right? And the gist of the film is this. After discovering a once-in-a-lifetime player, with a rocky past abroad, a down-on-his-luck basketball scout takes it upon himself to bring the phenom to the States without his team's approval. Against the odds, they have one final shot to prove they have what it takes to make it to the NBA. Now, that, that is the best of all the synopsises out there, because... They don't make any fucking sense, yo. They don't make any sense. It is some some crazy shit. Like, they keep on saying that Sugarman's a washed-up scout. But he's not a washed-up scout, right? That's the insane thing about it. In the film, he gets a promotion, you know what I mean? Everything's going great. Now, it goes... Shady when the sun gets involved, but he's not. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's a weird one. But here's the thing, people. Right, and, and it's like this really jumped out at me when watching this film. Right, because we know, right, they are making a remake of White Man Can't Jump, which I listen, listen. It might be great. Right? It might be great. I'm not holding my breath that it will. Right? But, but, Top Gun Maverick killed it, right? Top Gun. So we can see in the right hands, something can really fucking shine. Right? But white man can't, like, now, if it was a sequel, like Maverick, I might be a bit more, but I don't know where a sequel would go. 
right? As a remake, you kind of think, why? Right? And watching Hustle, I'm a bit like, yo, this is it, right? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not White Men Can't Jump. It's, it's a completely different film. But it, it gives you all of them emotions, right? We have got this, you know, we've got the situation with Sugarman. You know what I mean? Like, he, because the thing is, he's a scout. So he's, that means he's on the road like 320 fucking days a year. It's tough on the plane all the time. You know, I think he says he's missed his daughter's like last 11 birthdays or something like 16 birthdays. He's not been around, right? He's not been around. So you, you miss all that good stuff. And that's the thing. That's what he wants to get away from. He wants to do the office job so he can be there, right? But we have these ups and downs with him. And then this situation, he finds Bo, right? So Bo's hustling, you know, white guy is one of them things, right? The great white hope. Although there's a lot of white people in basketball, you know what I mean? But you understand, right? Now, with all of that, that's it is kind of... You know, because white men can't jump. It, it wasn't before that. I feel above the ring was after, right? I believe so. Or it might have been around the same time. I feel white men can't jump was before above the ring. But either way, there's, it's not like we were inundated with basketball films or even TV series. Now, We've had more basketball films. You know, Coach Carter just won the, you know, jump off the tongue, right? But we've got the, you know, there's a Lakers TV series now, right? There's been other ones. So there's there's more, right? We've, we've had more. So it kind of feel, you know what I mean? We don't need to remake White Men Can't Jump. But this, this film, as I said, look, it's got these, all of these different elements, and it, it feels like that's what we should be doing. Instead of remaking shit, come with some new stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. You kind of knew, like, you know where this film is going, essentially. I mean, the big beats, right? Like, a lot of the other little stuff, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. They did that. Blah, blah, blah. But you know there's going to be these issues and, like, yeah, this stuff comes up, you you know. But even so, with all of that, it still delivered, right? It still had the emotional impact, right? You there was these scenes in the combine, right? You you felt the tension. You were there for it. You were just like, okay, okay. So yes, yes, he nailed that motherfucking basket. Let's go. And then when it gets a little, you're like, yo, son, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? No, 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 That's some crazy shit. Also, I will say, right, with the whole combine stuff, I'm a bit like, come on now. Are you telling me no one back in Spain had said, 
anything about you know his mums, his kid, like street street anything is just full of trash talking, right? You are talking so much shit, but you're throwing people off, right? Now, even like even in the real game, you know what I mean? Like you you when people are mic'd up. <laughs> you you could hear some craziness sometimes, right? I, I even heard they've developed hand signals to be like, yo, I'm mic'd. <laughs> don't say shit. Don't don't say I'm mic'd up, yo. Don't say anything. You know what I mean? Because there's trash talk, right? So the the, the, the fact that he gets so heated it is a little bit like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the first time homie like has said that shit to you. Come on, man. Come on, man. But it was fine. It was fine because it just adds that drama, right? Adds that drama and it's cool. But yeah, like, you know what I mean? These little nice moments in the film when the daughter's watching him play and she's like, yo, you know, points her, you know what I mean? Just the, these things work, right? All of these things work. Like the daughter, Cat, right? Merrick's daughter, that was a weird role because, like, we don't really see her much, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a bit like, okay, I mean, okay, all right, but yeah, you know, there's there's a few little, like, with the food, you know what I mean, where it's just like, I just take one bite, even like, I mean, come on, it's, it's not like, bows from a country where there's no food <laughs> you know what I mean like he might not be rich but you kind of feel that I he, he's had Pringles before right or he's had so the food thing was a bit weird but it, it kind of plays on kind of different shit right so you, you know even with some of these the, a few little bits in the film which you'd be like I mean that's a bit odd Right, the like as a whole, the film works. The film works nicely. You know, I I also thought it was nice that Latifah's the wife in this one, because you know, usually we have um Sandler playing, um, I don't know. Right now, it is something I do like about Sandler and Happy Man. Like they use a lot of the same people. Right, and I'm I'm always a bit like, yo, when you see people working with these regulars all the time, you'd be like, all right, it's a good situation there, right? So that's cool, but it was yeah, it was it was nice to see a different, um, you know, kind of family dynamic there, and not no not necessarily oh yeah, because Latifah's black, it was nice to see him with a black wife. No, it's just, it's nice to see him with some different people up in the mix. You feel me? Um, but yeah, I I, really, I I did really like Hustle. I, I really liked Hustle. It, it gave me that little sporting buzz. You know what I mean? The, the, the tension of the basketball and all of that. I thought like, yeah, the family moments were nice. And it was a decent story. You know, as I said, look, it's not highbrow, right? You know where it's going essentially, but it does do it well. You know what I mean? It does do it well. So 
I would say, people, definitely worth a check. Definitely worth, and it's on Netflix, right? So you can if you can check it if you're not feeling it, bounce. But <laughs> bounce, right? But yeah, I say it's it's. I, I feel it's worth a look, right? So if you like your sports, um, I feel it's a drama. Yeah, if you like your sports drama. Right, if you enjoy a little basketball, and if you like a happy Madison film, people, hustle ain't gonna ain't gonna take you for broke, right? Ain't gonna take you for broke. You're gonna enjoy it, all right? So yeah, people, you know what I mean? Don't travel, shoot that free, baby. Shoot. <laughs> Okay, people, so we have come to an end of another episode, but before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film, shall we? So, um, yeah, we know there's a Madonna biopic coming, and uh, this is interesting, right, because Julia Garner has been offered the role of Madonna. Yeah. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. Like, Madonna's directing the film. I don't know if she's directed films before. She maybe has directed some of her music videos. But, yeah. So you feel that she's definitely involved in that casting. I don't see it. You know what I mean? Now, some of the other people whose names were out there seemed a little bit I don't know, they didn't seem to work, but we'll have to see. Maybe Ghana kills it. I know. <laughs> but um, okay, so um Cobra Kai has been a huge hit, right? So it makes sense that Josh Held and John um, Horwitz, along with Hayden Schulzberg, have been tapped by Legendary to, uh, you know, do a Duke Nukem film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, feel it's something that has been, you know, talked about for a long time. But, yeah, it looks like uh, it, it might be happening here, right? Um, now, also producing the film is Gene Julian Barnett, right? Um, so, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a character that's kind of modelled on that 80s action hero. So feel like Schwarzenegger in the last action hero. You know what I mean? That kind of fits this. So um, yeah, I think at the moment they are looking for a writer and a director. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> now, this is no surprise, right? But they are making another Ghostbusters film, right? So, um, Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan, you know, I mean, they co wrote the first, the after I said the first one, I don't know, that's the third, the fourth one, Afterlife, right? So, uh, yeah, they've said that 
you know, the, this new version, they um, had the idea while writing Afterlife. So now they've been working hard to finish it off. Um, the only real bit of uh, info is that Bernie Hudson is going to be a bigger part of this one. So, yeah, there you go. So, Zack Snyder, his new film, Rebel Moon, right? I believe it started filming, but man, a whole heap of people are on, on, on tack for this one. And uh, Anthony Hopkins, yeah, he's gonna be in it. I, I at first I was like, yo, really? Like that? He's so old. Like, what's he gonna be doing? Um, but he's um he, he's voice acting, so that makes a bit more sense, right? They, supposedly it's a, a sentient, uh, mechanized battle robot, right? Um, that's who's gonna be voicing in this one. So yeah. We'll see how that one turns out. Now, I really enjoyed Old Guard, right? It, I think it, it came at the beginning of lockdown, right? Um, to, in 2020. Was directed by um, oh, God, Gina Price Biffwood, right? Um, and it's an adaptation of a Greg Roker, Rucker um, graphic novel. Um and it, it makes sense because you know there's there's several graphic novels. I, 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 yeah, I feel there's three or four right now. Um, so yeah, we're getting a sequel. The first film was great, right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, Biffwood, you know, she had to pass because I think she's doing that uh, warrior um, African warrior film, which sounds great. So you know. But this next one is... Who's directing this one? Fuck. I forget. Um, I know I've got the info somewhere. Uh, Victoria Mahoney. She's directing. Um, Rucker is, again, <clears throat> writing the screenplay. Um, but... Right with the, the sequel, Uma Furman and Henry Golding have joined the team, so they'll be working alongside Charlie's Faron, Kiki Lane, Matthias, um, Shoanuritz, uh, Marwan Kenzani, Luca Marinelli, Vic, Veronica Nuke, and Chitwell Ejafor. So, um. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming if you've probably done the second graphic novel, you'll probably get a gist of what this is. I ain't read it. I feel I've got it. I'm so behind on my shit. But anyway, that's coming, people. Uh, now, I feel this was talked about so long ago, but it's finally set. It's written. Contracts have been signed. Apple have snapped. Up the new film from Joseph Kaczynski and Brad Pitt, right? It's a um, Formula One racing pick, right? So think probably stuff like Rush. Think that was that racing car film, right? Um, and what is it, Le Mans? I think mean, it's probably going to be along the lines of that. Um, so yeah. 
I'm interested, right? So we got Aaron Kruger, Jerry Brockheimer, and Chad Oman. Um, they're going to be uh, producing, you know, and they worked with Kalinsky on um, Top Gun, so it makes sense, right? Supposedly, Lewis Hamilton is working on the film as well. So, um, I don't know, man. We'll see, uh, we'll see how this goes. Because I, I will say, uh, a lot of these racing films have been pretty good. So, hey, no reason this won't be. So, we'll see. So, um, a new film coming in the MCU, that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people, is Thunderbolts. I can't remember if this had been announced a while back, but it's coming, right? It's being written by um, Eric Pearson, who previously wrote Black Widow, right? And it's being directed by Jake Scherer. Right, um, might know from Paper Towns of Robot and Frank, right? So, the gist of Thunderbolts is you know, villains who have yeah, I feel they've been coerced into a government program to kind of redeem themselves and do the right thing. It's a, it's like Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. I have no clue which came first. Who cares, right? Both can exist. But this could be fun. This could be fun, right? Um, Yeah, so there's that. And let's end with this, right? So Spider-Man No Way Home absolutely destroyed it at the box office. I think it's the third highest grossing film ever. You know what I mean? And it's coming back. Yup, it's coming back, people. So it's they say it's going to be re-released on Labor Day weekend. Uh, but not just, you know, it's an extended version. So if you like your extended versions, yeah, people, it's coming. It's coming, right? So, um, yeah, tickets go and sell on the 9th of August, and so screenings on the start on the 2nd of September, and it's going IMAX and all of that jam, but it's being called um, Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff, right? Um, so yeah, they're saying it's including extended scenes and um, other extra footage, so um, yeah, hopefully it's you know, it's not that bullshit stuff they sometimes do, but it's kind of along the lines of like Lord of the Rings, the extended versions are the versions, right? So, yeah, let's see what happens with this. Anyway, people, I'm gonna go because my allergies are killing me and we're done. <laughs> so, yeah, enjoy your film watching and we will see you um, next week. And remember, Yes Man is released on Monday the 13th. All right. So there you go, people. A peace.